Bravehearts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 290 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. There's really no reason to talk about what we saw on Thursday Night Football between the Panthers and the Falcons. It was terrible, terrible football. This is yet another Thursday night football game that is terrible. I think we only had like one good one, which was what the Ravens and 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 Bucks. Um, was it the Bucks? Yeah, Ravens and Bucks. No, Ravens and somebody. Ravens and Bucks, I think. Um, so yeah, we don't really need to talk about the game that much. I mean, the Panthers won twenty-five to fifteen. P.J. Walker looked like P.J. Walker. He had he went what. 10 for 16 for 108 yards. Marcus Mariota looked like all of Marcus Mariota. 19 for 30, 186 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. It wasn't it wasn't good football in the slightest. Like it was it was really hard to watch. But something dawned on me watching Thursday night football. Uh Baker Mayfield made headlines, of course, after the the game, headbutting his teammates uh, with no helmet. And I thought to myself, yo, what is what is the market for Baker Mayfield right now? What Baker Mayfield, who for people that remember, if they don't remember, was a former number one overall pick. What is the market for Baker Mayfield? I ask that because when you look around the league, outside of maybe, what, Washington and and Taylor Heineke, but even who is Baker Mayfield, what team will make, will Baker Mayfield make better? Who... And I ask that because I'm looking at this, I'm watching this game, right? And I'm watching P.J. Walker just look all of the XFL P.J. Walker. Like, he didn't look good in the slightest. He underthrew a lot of balls, uh, overthrew a couple. He just didn't look like, he didn't look good. And that's no offense to him, but that's just what the reality was. Now, I was thinking to myself, the, the Panthers believe that this player, P.J. Walker, Gives them a better shot at winning than Baker Mayfield. Now you could say that it could be financial. I think if he if he plays like seventy percent of the snaps, he owe they owe he owe they owe him like more money. But I'm thinking to myself, who does Baker Mayfield help? What team would trade for Baker Mayfield? Because if you don't remember, the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield. Trade like two two draft picks, two high draft picks too. 
We talk about busts in the NFL, right? And there have been multiple busts. Like, and I'm and I'm not. I don't know if I'll call Baker Mayfield a bust as much as maybe he is a bust. I don't know. I say that because he had what two good seasons. He had this, the the rookie season. He which trust me, the only reason why I know this is because. Every single time Skip Bayless argues a Baker Mayfield argument, it always goes back to he won seven games as a rookie, and I think he was 11-5, and five, uh, what, two years ago? And won a playoff game against or destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers. Outside of that, what has Baker Mayfield really done? I said that to say Baker Mayfield – it's done. It's over with for Baker Mayfield as far as a starting quarterback, unless somebody gets hurt. But to me, he is a glorified backup quarterback at this point. He, I put him in the class with uh, what? Um, Chad Henney. I put him in the uh, in the class with Tyler Huntley, um, Chase Daniels, Chase McDaniel's, like. I, and I think it's just it's just crazy how a number a former number one overall pick can turn into this this fast. Look, man, I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield can't get a shot and then run with it and and be the Baker Mayfield that he used to be or or better. Hell, look at Geno Smith. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But look at Geno Smith and what what's happening with the Seahawks. Maybe he just needs the right right situation but baker mayfield has not shown nor proven outside of what a year a year and a half that he is good enough to be a starting quarterback in in the nfl the the number one overall pick and and (laughs) i understand the whole change of scenery thing meaning some people think that, hey, maybe a change of scenery would be just that, which I agree with. I mean, again, go back to Geno Smith. Look at, uh, oh, man, look at um Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was two steps out the league in Miami. He goes to Tennessee, reinvent, reinvents his career. Hell, same thing with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was about to be kicked out the G League. Really bunkered down, worked on his craft, and now he got paid an extension. So I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is over with for him as far as he could turn it around. He could, you know, he could be better. The I think it was 2019. The 2019 Baker Mayfield could come back. But as we sit here today, not too far into his career, he is a glorified first, I mean, glorified bench player. I mean, yeah, backup quarterback at this point, if you ask me. And I don't know if I'm not in the, I don't know, I don't know if that's a bust status or not, but I know that when I think of Baker Mayfield and I look at Baker Mayfield, nothing in me screams elite. You know? 
which is crazy because, again, this is a former Heisman winner, former number one overall pick. But there's no way that you can watch what we watched on Thursday Night Football. You know, Marcus Mariota looking terrible, looking all of why he is he has been a backup quarterback majority of his career as in the NFL. Looking at PJ Walk PJ Walker just again terrible had no touchdowns. It was really uh Deontay Freeman that carried the ball thirty one times for hundred and thirty yards in, in a touchdown. That was a bad it was a bad game and even in that Baker Mayfield the the Panthers think to themselves, PJ Walker gives us the best shot at winning. After what we saw on Thursday Night Football, they said to themselves, P.J. Walker gives us the best opportunity to win. It's crazy to me, bro. It's crazy. But let's... Mm, mm, mm. Again, I don't know if that's, if that's what you consider a bust, maybe. But mm, it's just crazy how far... Baker Mayfield has fallen in a in a very fast period, like a very short period of time, from being like eleven and five, beating the Steelers in the playoffs, first playoff win, God knows how long for the for the uh, Browns, to then <laughs> pretty much being an afterthought in a span of what three years, so. Let's move forward, man. Let me give you my predictions for the uh, for Week Ten of the NFL. So, first game that's in Munich, uh, like ever in the NFL, is the Seahawks at or Seahawks versus the Bucks. It's at nine thirty in the morning. Here's the thing. I do, I don't know. This game is hard to pick. It's hard to pick because. This is a head versus heart, kind of versus eyes pick. Because if you look, the Seahawks have been rolling this year. They're 6-3. and three. Geno has been incredible. Pete Carroll as a head coach has been incredible. Kenneth Walker the third has been incredible. Kenneth Walker the third has been one of the best running backs in the league. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But they've been incredible. But then you think, this is Tom Brady. This is still the Bucks. This team did just win the Super Bowl two years ago. And they did just get a big win against the the L.A. Rams. Now, yes, it is the Rams, and the Rams are also struggling this year, but they still got the win. And a lot of people think that that, that win can, like, catapult them into, you know, on a run and, and, and be better. But... I have to I have to pick with my heart with my heart at this one because I've looked at the Seahawks this most of the, this entire season they've looked incredible they they've been, they've been bad maybe one or two games but they've looked incredible and I see the Buccaneers they have not been incredible this year even stats stats don't lie let me say this stats don't lie but they don't tell the whole story because if you look I think Tom Brady is second in the league in in, in passing yards behind Patrick Mahomes but he, there's nobody that can, that looks and watches these Bucks game and thinks to themselves, Tom Brady has been really good. No way. Another thing that I heard, and I, it's kind of 
maybe this is a PS. Maybe you know this is a separate topic. But I hear a lot of people comparing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, uh, how they're both struggling clearly, and a lot of people are arguing. Well, we talk about Aaron Rodgers not being in training camp and OTAs and stuff, but neither was Tom Brady. And I would say that is very true. However, Tom Brady doesn't have a new wide receiver core. He knows Mike Evans. He knows Chris Godwin. That's not (laughs) – that's not – you don't need to bond with new wide receivers. Yeah, Russell Gage, but Tom Brady knows these people. Aaron Rodgers – you have a new wide receiver. You have, you know, it's they're they're young. They need these reps, especially when the hell Alan Lazard has never been a number one in the NFL because he had to play behind or had to play next to Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb is 150 years old. You know what I'm saying? Let's get back though. Seahawks at or Seahawks and Bucks in Munich. I go with the Seahawks. The Seahawks have been playing better. They've been better this year. I'll, I'll be real with you. The defense has not that has not been that good this entire season, but for the last few weeks they've been incredible. I'm uh, yes, I understand that Tom Brady did have the game winning drive against the Rams, but I also watched the whole game. In the whole game, he was garbage. Uh, he, I'm not gonna say garbage. He just wasn't that good. He looked like the Tom Brady that we've seen this entire year. Also, the run game is still non non existent, even with Leonard Fournette. The defense is still not that good, especially not having Shaq Barrett. I have the Seahawks winning that one. Vikings at Bills. Let's kind of park here. Um, so as we know, and I talked about this last episode, I believe. Josh, I did talk about this last episode. Josh Allen hurt his like hurt his U UCL, and they're pretty much saying it's hour to hour. A lot of people are saying that he shouldn't even like, you know, people like Mike Tannenbaum saying that they should probably sit him out for the season if he's not good to go. I don't think, I don't, I know that you're planning, you're setting yourself up for years upon years of Super Bowl contention and you're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. However, I don't know if I and I, I don't know if I eloquently stated this last episode, but I wouldn't sit him for the remainder of the year unless the 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 injury gets worse. But I for damn sure would not play him on Sunday. I understand you're going against the Vikings that are seven and one. Uh, you're actually you're at home. I get it. Trust me, I get it. You're coming off of a loss. I understand. But you're trying to win the war, not the battle. And again, the Vikings are really good this year. Number one in the NFC NFC North. I get it. But there's no way in heaven to hell, even if he says he's okay, that I'm playing him this game. Yes, if you lose, you'll be 6-3. and three. But if your team is as good as you're su- supposed to be, one, one loss ain't going to kill you so, in the regular season. So... And the last thing you want to do is trot him out there when it's not when he's not healthy and, and it gets worse to the point where now you start lose, missing games, multiple games closer to the playoffs. So I wouldn't play him if I were the Bills, and because of that, I have the Vikings winning that game. Um, I 
I don't trust Case Keenum, even though Case Keenum saw most of it, actually the most success in his career as a Viking. I still, I, I still trust Kirk Cousins. I mean, and it's at one o'clock. We know one o'clock. Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I have the Vikings winning this. If 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 Josh Allen doesn't play, and honestly, I kind of feel if he does play, they're still going to win because I don't know how healthy he'll be. I, I don't know. So. I saw that to say I have the Vikings beating the Bills, even though the Bills are at home. Um, Lions at Bears. Mm, this to me is kind of a tough. I'm mm, I'm gonna go against the Bears. I'm gonna go against. I'm gonna go with the Bears. Bears are at home. Justin Fields has looked really good these last few weeks, even though he didn't win. Uh, like Lynn win last week, he still had the best game. I think he's had as a pro. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Don't give me ooh, naturally the mess today. I think it's going to be a close scoring game, but I have I have the Bears winning this. I do want to see what Chase Claypool looks like with a, a you know a longer runway to the game after the trade deadline. So I got the Bears winning that one. Uh, Jaguars at Chiefs. You know, last time I proclaimed a team that was going to get destroyed, I thought the Jets were going to get destroyed by uh, by the Bills. I did. I did. And I was drastically wrong. Um, I don't feel... In fact, I'll just say it. I'm not going to be wrong this time. The Chiefs are going to destroy the Jaguars. The Jaguars defensively are not that good compared to the Chiefs offense. Yeah, no. Uh, No, I got got the Chiefs winning this one. I got the Chiefs winning this one pretty big. Um, Pretty big. Pause. (laughs) I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Browns at Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. Um, not enough is being said about the output that Tyreek Hill has has been. I mean, Tyreek Hill is close to 2,000 yards, which is incredible. Um, and Tua has, has been good. Jalen Waddle has been good. The offense has been good. The defense has been a little shaky, but I do think that a lot of it is because they're on the field a lot when Tua does struggle. So I'm going to hold on. And I mean, the Browns still have Jacoby Brissett and he, you know, no. So I have the, I have the Dolphins winning that one. Texans at Giants. I have the Giants. I, yes, the Giants didn't look as good last week, but the Texans are still the Texans. I think the Texans are the worst team in the league. Uh, you can tell by their record, and you can kind of tell. Darius Mills has moments, or Davis. Davis Mills has moments, but Davis Mills is not that good. I'll be real. I mean, I'm not saying that, but this team's not that good. You don't have any weapons outside of Brandon Cooks, but I think he's still away from the team because he's upset that they were trying to trade him, so more than likely he's going to get released. Uh, <clears throat> Texans aren't good. They're the worst team in the league, in my opinion. I have the Giants winning that one. Saints at Steelers. Actually, I have the Saints winning this game, but I don't have the Saints winning them as like I don't think they're going to destroy the Steelers. I think a report came out that T.J. Watt supposed to be coming back. If T.J. Watt comes back, I do think that that changes the complexion of the game. However, I still trust, even though he hasn't been that good, I still trust Andy Dalton over Kenny Pickett right now. 
Um, and not to mention the Saints lose, like they lose, but they don't really get blown out like that. They they fight and they're they're always in the games. Even against the Ravens, the Ravens had them dead to right. Like it, they were getting destroyed, but they still, even though they did ultimately lose, they still kept kept it close. I have the Saints winning that game, even though it is in Pittsburgh. I just trust Andy Dalton more, which is not a lot of trust. <laughs> then I trust Kenny Pickett right now. So. But but I do want to see what T.J. Watt looks like if he does play. We'll see. But I have the Steelers winning that. Broncos at Titans. I have the Titans. The Broncos need this win. Trust and believe they need this win more than anybody right now. But I don't I don't trust their offense to to get back on track even after a bye week. Their def their run defense is still not that good. And I do want to see what they look like without uh, Bradley or Nick Bradley Chubb. Right now, after they did trade him to the Dolphins, you still have you still have uh, Derrick Henry to worry about. So I have the Titans winning that game. Colts at Raiders. I have the Raiders, but I don't have much faith in the Raiders. Um, I just they're both of these teams aren't good. The Colts aren't good, even you know with Sam Ellinger. And the Raiders, not to mention the Colts. <laughs> I totally forgot. The Colts, and this will be Jeff Saturday's first game as a head coach of an of NFL team. I will say if, if, if what the Colts, if the Colts, if what they brought Jeff Saturday in to do works, their offensive line would be great. But I don't know anything. I don't know about anything else. Um, I did see the press conference that he did where he was pretty much saying, you know, he's been in the league for 14 years. He's been in the locker room for 14 years. Uh, you know, I'll say this. I I hope Jeff Saturday succeeds. I know a lot of people, a lot of people hit me up about the last episode and the clip that I put about Jeff Saturday and like I was I was hating and, and hoping he fails uh, and everything. But no, I don't. I don't know why. I don't hope anybody fails. Uh, I, I want the best for everyone. I want the best for Jeff Saturday. What I don't like is that Jeff Saturday, somebody that has absolutely no head coaching experience in college or NFL, gets opportunities more than somebody like a Brian Flores, somebody like an Eric Bieniemy, somebody like a like a Leslie Frazier, who has years upon years of experience as coordinators or and even head coach if we talk about uh leslie frazier and if we talk about uh brian brian flores they have multiple years of experience in the nfl and they did not get picked over somebody that has no experience as a head coach that's the only thing i had a problem with i like jeff saturday i think that he could i hope that he succeeds but that's all i was pointing out i said that to say if the Raiders lose this game, bro, I promise you this. If the Raiders lose this game, Josh McDaniels more than likely will be fired next week. Because the last thing you can do, you can't lose to a, a, a team that's struggling right now. I think they're on a, a mean losing streak. Maybe three games. I'm not sure. But you can't lose to a team that is, that's on a losing streak right now that's struggling at, at most all positions and has a head coach in Jeff Saturday who has not coached in the NFL nor college. This is his first game. And if y'all lose this game, yeah, no, Josh McDaniels is out of there. Adios, amigos. Not to mention, there's a lot going on with uh, the Raiders this, this week. You had two players, I think Hunter Renfro and 
Darren Waller got placed on IR. You got one one player. I think he's a linebacker. He retired from the NFL. You released uh, Jonathan Abrams. He gets picked up by the Packers. Like, I, what the hell is going on in, in in Las Vegas right now? I don't know. But with all that being said, you still got to beat the damn Colts. So I have the, I got the Raiders. Cowboys at Packers. Um, I, there's nothing that I've seen this year that makes me think the Packers are going to win this game. I, you know, I'm not a Cowboys fan, clearly, but I'm not blind. The the Packers, there's nothing about the Packers that if you can't beat the Lions and the Cowboys are better than the Lions, I don't know what to tell you, brother. And you're hearing a lot, week after week after week, Aaron Rodgers does, you know, Pat McAfee's show. He goes, you know, at the end of the games in the podium and kind of, Blames everyone else but himself. And then now you're hearing reports from Jeremy Fowler uh, saying that the wide receivers are upset with Aaron Rodgers and, and making an escape goal. There's a lot of noise. A lot of noise and a lot of losing coming from Green Bay. Green Bay has lost five straight. like, And you're coming into a team that is good defensively one of the best defensive teams in the league at this point in the Cowboys and your defense is already struggling so I don't know how the run defense is gonna fare yeah no uh I got the Cowboys winning that one Cardinals at Rams two teams that are struggling two teams that aren't that good I'm gonna say Cardinals because I don't know if Matthew Stafford is gonna play I think he's and I don't know I think he hasn't practiced the last three days um but shit, Carla, Kyler Murray's hurt too. I think he has a hamstring injury. I don't know, bro. I I don't know. That's really a toss from game, and it's not because both teams are just juggernauts. Both teams aren't that good. Uh, I got the card. I'll take the Cardinals. I'll take the Cardinals because I only I don't I think Matthew Stafford's missed practice last few days, and that's never a good sign, especially on a Friday. So I have uh, Cardinals winning that. Charge at Forty Niners Sunday Night Football. I have the 49ers. The 49ers are just more health or, or healthier than the Chargers. And the 49ers defense is incredible. You still have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> like the, D, the 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 49ers roster, the only reason why people, including myself, question the 49ers is because of their quarterback position. Is because is there going to be a time when Jimmy G, which we've seen before, holds this team back? I'll, that and injuries. But 49ers are a great team. Uh, Roster-wise, probably one of, if not the best team in the NFC, roster-wise. So I have the 49ers. And Monday Night Football, the Commanders at Eagles. Um, There's absolutely nothing in me that believes in the Commanders this week. Uh, I mean, the Attorney General is pressing charges against Dan Snyder and, and Roger Goodell. That was the highlight of the Commanders Week. Um, Eagles, only undefeated team. They will be nine and zero. I don't. It the only the only thing that could give me pause is, of course, this is a divisional game, and 
We all know that divisional games are always close. Not always close. Usually close uh, because the division and everything. But, yeah, no, the Eagles are going to go crazy against the Commanders. So, that's that, those are my picks uh, for Week 10. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know who you guys have winning, and we'll talk about it. Uh, let's move forward. So with us being, you know, I haven't, I realize I haven't given my awards up to this point in, in the NFL. Uh, there have been some really good candidates, don't get me wrong, uh, and I wanted to give them to you. Let's start with comeback player of the year. I think comeback player of the year is, is kind of difficult. It, to me, it's between two people. It's between Saquon Barkley and Geno Smith. Saquon Barkley, we know about the injury and, and, and costing him the season last year. And then same as Geno Smith. But the reason why I'm giving it to Geno Smith is because even at his best, Geno Smith has never looked this good, except for when he was in college. Geno Smith has never looked this good. Geno Smith statistically is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's Geno Smith. There's there's people that consider him a massive bust, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Hey, bro, Geno is Geno, and I'm going to I'm going to give my comeback player of the year right now. Uh, pretty much the unpopular podcast football awards in the middle of the season or midway through the season. Let's say that I'm going to give it to Geno Smith. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to give it to Sauce Gardner. To me, there hasn't been another rookie that has been as impactful for their team as Sauce Gardner. And there's a lot of people that think that he's arguably the best corner right now in the league. I don't, I'm not going to go as far as saying that, but Sauce Gardner has – he is he is capitalized on – I mean, he's gotten the best of a lot of great players. If you look at – I mean, he – Stephon Diggs. Like, come on now. Sauce Gardner has been great. He has been great, and he stepped up to the challenge every single time he's had to. So my defensive player, defensive rookie of the year is going to go to Sauce Gardner. Offensive rookie of the year was a lot harder to me because of uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall was my leading candidate until he got hurt for the Jets. Uh, so to me, that's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker III for the Seahawks. Look. I know there's yet another Seahawk that I give an award to, but I don't think you understand how bad of a roster this looks on paper and how a lot of people, including myself, counted them out this year. Like, they, it, it was bad. But Kenneth Walker statistically is one of the best running backs in the league, not just as a rookie, in the league. And because of how good Brees Hall was, Kenneth Walker kind of got outshined. But now that Brees Hall is gone... I have my offensive rookie of the year for Kenneth Walker the third. Coach of the year. For the longest I've been saying is Brian Dayball. I've been saying is Brian Dayball because I've seen what Daniel Jones looks like. I've seen what the New York Giants look like, and they haven't looked this good. Uh, Daniel Jones hasn't looked this good, maybe even flashes, but to do this for the majority of a season, he hasn't looked that good. And a lot of people are equating that to Brian Dayball and his change of 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 coaching and change of culture that he you know that that has taken place in New York. But I have to give my coach of the year. I'm leaning now and I I've been leaning for Brian Dayball majority of the year, but I have to lean to to 
to Pete Carroll. Right now, Pete Carroll is my coach of the year. Again, I just said this, but I'll reiterate. You do not understand how bad of a roster, just name-wise, that this Seattle Seahawks team is. When you have a quarterback battle going into the season with of Geno Smith and Drew Locke, when your best offensive lineman in Dwayne Brown leaves, when your best defensive player in Jamal Adams goes out for a season-ending injury early in the season, I think game one of the of the season, to do all of that and to be six and three and one of the best teams statistically in the league, both offensively and now defensively. Defensively, they're still kind of lower in the pack, but that's because they've really only been good these last maybe three or four weeks as far as defensively. But before then, they were god-awful. But this team is ten times better than I thought they would ever be this year. Losing Russell Wilson and and understanding how bad the team looked even with Russell Wilson. This team has been incredible. So I have Pete Carroll as my coach of the year right now. Defensive player of the year, I have Minka Parsons. The the Dallas Cowboys defense has been one of the best units in football and a lot of that is because of Minka Parsons, which is crazy cuz this is just his second year. But his speed, the way that he's able to get, like, the way he's able to get to the quarterback, he's he's incredible, bro. Minka Parsons, to me, and this is this is in a league that still has Aaron Donald, that still has Miles Garrett. But I I think Minka Parsons has had the better season out of all three, and actually, to me, it hasn't really been close. So I have I have Minka Parsons in my defensive play of the year. Offensive player of the year, we know how this award goes. Usually the MVP goes to a quarterback and the offensive player of the year goes to a running running back or wide receiver. I have to give it to Tyreek Hill. Bro, Tyreek Hill is about to is if, if he he is on track to go over 2000 yards this year as a wide receiver. I don't think you understand how crazy that is for a wide receiver to go for any player to go over 2000 yards. That's not a quarterback. To go over 2,000 yards. Tyreek Hill. Boy. And to think that that really shows you how great the uh, the the Chiefs are. Losing a player like Tyreek Hill and still being one of the best teams in the league is crazy. But Tyreek Hill offensively is one of the best players in the league. One of the... I think, at least for this year, if you look statistically and everything, he's kind of separated himself as the best wide receiver in the league. I know it's it's that that mantle kind of kind of gets juggled around. I mean, some some years last year you can say it was Cooper Cup, uh, Devonte Adams is always in that. DeAndre Hopkins, when healthy, is always in that. Uh, Stephon Diggs. But it just feels like this year Tyreek Hill has kind of taken that mantle and ran with it. No pun intended. Uh, Tyreek Hill is my offensive rookie of the year. And the MVP. The MVP <laughs> The MVP is a very interesting award this year because of so many players it could, it could be, go to. And if it went to these players that you wouldn't 
you wouldn't really bat an eye. Like, I don't know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can definitely win MVP this year, and nobody thinks to himself, wait, Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes has the Chiefs at what? The Chiefs are currently, give me a second, 6-2. and two. I think they're going to be 7-2 and two after Sunday. They just they lost their number one receiver in Tyreek Hill, but Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. He leads the league in receiving or in, in passing yards. The Chiefs are still great. Nobody would bat an eye if if the Bill if Josh Allen won the MVP. They're six and two. They they lead one of the the best passing passing attacks in the league. And we also know the the yards that he accumulates. Uh, on the on the ground because how big and facet he is. Hell, nobody would bat an eye if if who else if hell Tyreek Hill won the MVP again. Two thousand yards is crazy for a wide receiver. I don't know how many times it's been done, but there's a good possibility it's going to be done this year. Um, Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are currently six and three. Lost. This happens year after year. They 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 lost J.K. Dobbins again. He's on IR. They lost Rashad Bateman for the season. They their their wide receiver their best wide receiver currently, if you don't count Mark Andrews, who's a tight end as their wide receiver, is what Devin DeVernay. They they brought back uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yet and still, they're number one in the NFC, or no, AFC North, and he's still Lamar. I say all that to say, my MVP, there's no way that I can I can look at what's going on with Philadelphia and not give it to Jalen Hurts right now. Only team that's undefeated. Jalen Hurts has exceeded expectation drastically. Again, my Jalen Hurts currently... Let me see. Jalen Hurts currently is passing, has a 62% completion percentage, has 2,042 yards uh, passing, 12 touchdowns on the year to two interceptions. He also has 88 rushes for 326 yards and six touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has been incredible, man. There's no way that you can look at that. Right now, he is he's the front runner for MVP for me. Um, a lot of questions that I had for him, he has answered in 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 flying colors. Now, there's a there's there's talks going around about how the Eagles will fare in the playoffs, seeing as though a lot of their wins for a lot of people are dissecting aren't that great of teams. Look here, bro. You win, you beat who's on the schedule. You you play who's on the schedule and you either win or lose. And they have played eight people on their schedule and have won eight of them. So I have Jalen Hurts as my MVP. So let me know who you who you feel, who's your award winner, who's your MVP, who's your defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. Let's talk about it. You know, I'll leave it in the comments. I don't know if you guys noticed, but it usually <laughs> usually people in the comments are only there to tell me. Uh, how much they don't agree with what I say, but that I do appreciate the watch, and I will still comment. I also will still have a conversation. So it is what it is. Let's move forward. 
Ooh, it has gone from bad to worse when it comes to L.A. You know what's something funny? I said a couple episodes ago, there's going to be a long season for L.A. Currently, they're 2-9. and nine. In fact. And LeBron James just injured his groin, so he's probably going to be out for, for a couple games. The problem with L.A., I, 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 I understand this. The problem with L.A. is... There's really no solution to this this year. I mean, yes, you can trade Russell Westbrook, who has looked better coming off the bench. You can trade Russell Westbrook for what Miles Miles Turner and and Buddy Hill, but what is that? Is that really going to put you over the top? Is that going to put you better than a team like the Suns or the Golden State? Even though Golden State is struggling right now, uh, no, it's not. And now your the your best player by a long shot is out. And and for some reason, Anthony Davis isn't as aggressive in the second half. Now he did get a lot more aggressive last game against the Clippers, but they lost. It's 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 going boy. And that's why I was so shocked when Rob Palenka got an extension because it's like. Everyone in their mama could have saw this coming. No, like you're telling me that Rob Palenka is the only person that thought it may have not been the smartest or that thought it was the smartest idea to to pair Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook in the same backfield or backcourt. And now Russell Westbrook is relegated to the bench and Patrick Beverly has done absolutely nothing this this season. You didn't think it was kind of weird that any trade that you would have made, you probably should have done in the offseason before this season. And now you're looking at this team and why would anybody want to help this team? Or why would anybody outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, maybe Russell Westbrook, or what are you really getting out of Russell Westbrook at this point as far as trade-wise? This team was not going to work. And now you're hearing that Anthony Davis is untouchable, like he's off the table, which I don't understand why, because that's really the only move that you can make outside of trading LeBron James, which I don't see you doing. This team has no where to go. Uh, Richard Jefferson said it best. Yo, they have to they they have to go on a mean run. And if you look at this roster. If you if you've watched a Lakers game, do you think that they can rattle off five, six game win streaks? It's a cool answer for you. No, they can't. I don't think so. Unless something drastic, they're currently on a four game losing streak. Unless something drastically changes, I don't see them on. I don't see them. They can barely win three games in a row. You think they're going to win six or seven? No, no. The Lakers are are in trouble, man. They're not in trouble. They're they they've already been they've already been sentenced. It's bad. And now with LeBron James being out, I think that you're going to see a more aggressive Anthony Davis. But because there's no LeBron James, and I don't know how long. I think it's maybe a game or two. I don't know. It could be. They said the groin injury is not as bad as last time. They kept him out 17 games, but we don't know. I do think that LeBron James is going to be out at least two or three games. So it may get an aggressive two or three game Anthony Davis, but even even in that, you think that come on, this team's not good. 
Not good. Let's move forward. And lastly, before we go, I'm starting to see a trend that I don't like. And it's not just a trend that I don't like this year, but it's it's something that I've seen for a while, and that is Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic right now is having one of the best seasons statistically in NBA history. I mean, in NBA history as as far as scoring wise. Now I know that it's early, but Luka, let's let me let me read read. Luka Doncic is currently averaging thirty four points a game, eight rebounds, nine assists. No, I'm sorry. Uh, eight assists. Luka Doncic just had a stretch um, of, I think, uh, I think five or six straight games with 30-plus points to start a season. Luka Doncic is having one of the best statistical offensive seasons we've ever had. We've ever seen. Let's say that. Yet and still, the Dallas Mavericks – are currently six and five and on a two game losing streak. Two games they lost to was they lost to the Wizards without Bradley Bill and Porzingis, and they lost to another team that didn't have their best player. I feel you're gonna get to a point where right now you know gonna get you're at a point where if Luca does not get help, this team they keep saying that Luca's gonna lead them to a championship. With who? Luca has to score this much because the two games that they just lost, he scored under 30 points and they lost. Like who, who, who is, is, is this Dallas? Who's going to score? Hmm? Theo Pinson? Denny, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith? Tim Hardaway Jr.? Frank Neal Aquina? Christian Wood, who clearly hasn't really been able to be on the same floor as Luca because he just takes all the damn shots. Spencer Dinwiddie, who is the ultimate microwave player. When he's hot, he's hot. But when he's not, he is turned off. Luca is incredible, bro. And Luca is one of the. I wouldn't be surprised if Luca wins the Super, uh, Super Bowl. Luca wins the MVP this year. I thought it was going to be in Joel Embiid. I was drastically wrong about that. At least early in the season, I was wrong about that. Right now, it seems like Luke is the front runner. But boy. And even with Luca averaging 34 points a game, Dallas is 22nd in points per game, 30th in rebounds per game, 30th in assists per game, and 4th in offensive, uh, offensive opponents scoring or something. They're not a good team. Even with Luca scoring all these points, and I don't, I fear that that is what's until they get the adequate help that he needs, they're never going to win a championship. And he'll always put, he'll be like a like Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler didn't win till he went to Houston, and he was putting up crazy points for the Trailblazers or um, Dominique Wilkins. Was putting up crazy stats for Atlanta, but won nothing. That's all I'm saying, man. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. 
If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love.